Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you that a minor adjustment makes a major improvement in your life. I'll also be interviewing Dr. Rebecca Smith, who reviews her book, Born to Do It, Becoming the Leader of a Business Niche Using Powerful Spiritual Techniques. This book provides a roadmap to business success that embraces the spiritual principles that will guide you along your journey. For more information about Rebecca, please visit RebeccaLuisaSmith.com. You may also purchase this book on Amazon or go to the show notes in this particular episode at jamesmillerlifeology.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. A minor adjustment makes a major improvement. In just a few minutes, you're going to hear an incredible interview with Dr. Rebecca Smith. She gives you practical tools and techniques of how to combine business techniques with spiritual principles. It's going to blow you away. However, I wanted to give you some practical advice as well. One of the things I've noticed with many people is when they're trying to start something new or perhaps create a new habit or maybe even starting a new business is they often don't realize that small little tweaks in what they're doing can create significant change. For example, when you look at your schedule, have you ever moved things around in your schedule to see when you're most productive? For example, every single person has a specific time during the day of when they're most successful or when they're most productive. For me, between 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, I am very productive. I'm very focused, and I find that that's the time when I'm most creative. Now, for you, it may be different. So when you look at your schedule and you know you need to do certain things, I would advise you to move things around in your schedule to determine when you're most successful. Another thing to consider is when you wake up. If you wake up in the morning and you lay there and then you fall back asleep, when you wake up again, unfortunately, you're going to find that you're going to be sleepy the rest of the day. So when you do wake up in the morning, it is important to actually get up, do a few things, and then if you feel like you need a nap, your body will then allow you to take a nap as opposed to falling back asleep, which then starts a new sleep cycle that unfortunately you don't complete and that's why you feel groggy. In psychology, we teach that whatever you determine to be true, in other words, what you believe is truthful and factual, determines how you feel. How you feel then tells your body how to respond. So if you're trying to do something new and you tell yourself, oh my gosh, this is too hard, I can't do this, well, then you've automatically created this sense of frustration or the sense of insecurity. And then unfortunately, your body will respond and you will not be able to accomplish it. So there's nothing wrong with validating how you feel, but take it one step further and make this slight little adjustment. For example, you may think, oh my gosh, this is so difficult, I don't know what to do, and then add, but I will research this and I will find the answer. So when you validate how you feel, just add that additional step of I will find the answer. Because once again, what you believe to be true determines how you feel. Your feelings then allow your body to respond. So when you add that additional little step of you will find the answer, it changes how your body responds and it allows you to find the answer that you seek. So whatever you say to yourself determines what you're going to do. 
So once again, just add that additional little step of you will find the answer or you will make this change or you will be successful and you'll find that that minor adjustment makes a major improvement in your life. The reason why I'm telling you simple things like this is because often we feel like we have to make these huge adjustments in our life and sometimes it's just as simple as tweaking certain things in your schedule to allow you to be the most productive. A very tight schedule throughout the day allows you to be in control of what you're going to accomplish. Often our emotions get in the way and we think, oh, I just don't feel like doing something or I'll put this off tomorrow. And when those situations happen, we allow our emotions to dictate how successful we're going to be that day. And then the next day, when we look at what we accomplished the previous day, we don't feel very productive or we feel like we're getting behind. And unfortunately, when we keep putting things off for the next day and the following day, that creates a habit of not being successful. So unfortunately, we don't hold ourselves accountable. If you find that you just can't get ahead for some reason, more than likely, you simply have to tweak your schedule, tweak what you're doing each day to find how you can be the most successful. And then once you do that, you simply implement the techniques and strategies you're going to hear from my guests today. So stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. My guest today is Dr. Rebecca Smith, who had a mission to become an academic. She had a plan completely mapped out until one day at a conference, someone raved about life as an academic and suddenly she realized it wasn't her passion. In today's episode, she reviews her book, Born to Do It, Becoming the Leader of a Business Niche Using Powerful Spiritual Techniques. This book provides a roadmap to business success that embraces the spiritual principles that will guide you along your journey. Welcome to my show, Rebecca. Hi, James. Thank you so much for that wonderful intro. Great to be here. Oh, it is my pleasure. I love these types of stories when we're when we have a certain direction we want to go and then all of a sudden we have that aha moment and our life completely shifts or it pivots and then we become this expert in our niche. So congratulations. Thank you. It, yeah, it's quite a journey, I tell you. <laughs> so what was your what was your studies in? So I was studying for my PhD in film and audience research, and my PhD oh, wow. is a thesis on Quentin Tarantino and how his fans respond emotionally to his films. So oh my gosh. Mm. Wow, that's brilliant. I would love to read yeah. that. That sounds very fascinating. Because those who know Quentin Tarantino, his his style of of movies is so different than, I don't want to say the standard people, but it, it's it's his own niche, I suppose. Oh, it is. It's something else. Like he is like a proper cinephile. He's a massive fan of cinema and film and they come across in his films and his fans love it too. And yes. it's a great, it's an interesting PhD, I've got to say, because it's very unexpected results I got from it in terms of how people respond and how his fans are a massive male dominated fan base compared to women. But women really? do like it, but in a very different way. So it's a very sharp contrast between the two. And just 30 seconds worth, I, what would be the emotional aspect of that, I guess, the linkage between all of them? Um, they all see Tarantino as a father figure, um, really? as like a member of their family. Yeah, through oh the dialogue that he, that he writes through his characters, which I never knew what I'd expect to find. Never in the years what I thought that. 
Wow. Well, we'll have to talk about the offline because that's fascinating to me. But I wanted to transition. So you were, as, as you're studying your, as you're studying your uh, PhD or getting your PhD, you were helping to get filmmakers go to a festival. Is that correct? Some type of horror festival? Um, yes. Yeah. So I was producing a horror film festival. So what we did then for that job was it was all like a hobby job at the time. Uh-huh. So a friend of mine was producing a horror festival in Wales, Aberystwyth in the UK. And he said, I need some help people, you know, I need, I need some help to organize it because I need, you know, I need a team around me to support me to organize the whole event and mm-hmm. program the films. And he said, I need, I can't just do it by myself. He said, do you want to help out? And I was like, yeah, why not? It's a happy distraction from the PhD because all I'm doing is writing in a house in my house. Oh, and, gotcha. I, I need to speak to people. <laughs> so I was like, why not? Why not? Um, so yes, that's how it began. And then that was when the change occurred because um, I thought this hobby job I was doing would um, would be a nice distraction. But actually, what it what it did was it helped me tap into my sole purpose, which was what I should be doing in my life, which was actually working within the within the world of film festivals and film distribution. Wow. And do you think most people who are open to finding their soul's passion do you think it simply comes to them as easily as that? Well, it comes when you don't really expect it because um, tapping into your soul purpose is one of the hardest things one can sure. do because yeah. not, you're not consciously looking for it. Like you say, what's my soul purpose? Mm-hmm. You have to kind of think of it as something that you're drawn to. You could spend hours in and the days pass and you forget lunch and dinner and you just wake up feeling like really drawn to this. That's the first inclination or a job that becomes feels like a hobby, but actually something you could do forever. And there's a business there. So yeah. it's not easy. I have to say that. And when I, for me, I didn't expect that at all, but then actually you'll know it because I felt alive. Yes. I felt actually that this is me. This is the real me. I haven't been like this or never been this before in any kind of career context for ever. I thought there's a massive change yeah. in my body. Well, you know, Rebecca, I think it's also uh, sometimes our own struggle as well, because like you, you had the roadmap, you were destined in, in your mind that this is what you're going to do. And I think many times that's what happens with people. They have this plan and they're so focused on that, that the that the idea of being slightly divergent or looking at other options isn't really in the forefront of their mind. And so unfortunately, sometimes people miss that. And with that missing, missing of that, then they don't feel fulfilled in their life. Well, absolutely. Um, because I, I realized actually a few years into when I was doing my business, I realized that the whole ac- academia um, passion wasn't a passion. It was actually mm-hmm. something that I just thought I should do because everyone thought it would be a good idea for me to do because they oh, you like film, so do a PhD and do a, an, an academic degree. And I thought, yeah, in that case, I, I suppose I better do teaching then, you know, mm-hmm. it's a natural thing to do. I don't actually want to do this. It's like people have said, maybe I should, so I'll give yeah. it a go something to do, but it's uh, something that people think I'm good at, which I was good at, but it's actually not my passion or my mm-hmm. purpose. Or what I, or it's not actually what I was put on earth to do. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. Just because we're really good at something doesn't mean that's our passion. Exactly. Because I mean, I did it and I enjoyed it. It didn't feel like it wasn't depressing me, but it was to the point where I wasn't fulfilled, you know, mm-hmm. and it was that it was that moment you mentioned at the beginning about the aha moment at the, at the conference in academia. I was in, I was, uh, working at the Aberdeen Horror Festival and I was really into it and then I thought hang on is, is this a hobby or a job or what am I doing mm. and then we're at this conference a long long conference and then I remember she just turned around to me she's a good friend of mine and she said oh isn't this a life this is so good isn't it it's so wonderful and I thought no <laughs> she, said it. she helped me like yeah this is not what I need to do yeah. and the whole plan changed like I had it all mapped out every detail like that's living funny. in Wales in a nice house and uh, maybe get married yeah. but it's like wow that's not what happened <laughs> yeah so how did this book come about how do you, when you looked around the world and said yes I need to write this book for people what happened for you 
So the book was, again, was a nice unexpected story. Um, so this was all written during the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I became inspired to write during that time. So I launched a blog for my company. But also I was asked to... Um, talk about my life story in a book, Indian book called Unique Positive Stories to Inspire oh. People, which was for those that wanted to feel, you know, uh, help during, during this period and just generally to have that to, to turn to. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that and it was a long in-depth, like 10 pages. It was a very in-depth interview. It wasn't like a few sentences. Um, and the publishing company read it and she said, have you ever thought about to getting a story and writing your own story in your own book. And I thought, well, never, not really, since the PhD didn't want to do more writing. We had a conversation and then she talked to me how, well, what a book is and how people wouldn't give you books, et cetera, the usual thing. Mm -hmm. And I received actually feedback on that particular interview from other people who had their own businesses and they were very inspired by the interview, mm -hmm. saying it helped them uh, not give up, but they didn't feel alone. Um, they they felt um, that they were part of my tribe. I didn't feel isolated. So I thought, oh my God, the pen has just dropped. So I love everything about the world of business and also spirituality. And I use both in my life every single day to create my business. Yeah. So I th I've got it. The book is here. I want to write a book that will show people how to launch the first business, tap into their sole purpose so they can create the business of their dreams using those essential practices from business and spirituality. That's brilliant. No, wow. But you know, even think about this, Rebecca, you, when you followed your passion and then you, you were living your passion and then doors started to open where you were asked to be interviewed. And then there's the person, the publisher read it and they wanted you, asked you to write a book. So it's so interesting because when people truly are open to what God or the universe has for us, then all of a sudden these doors continually open as you continue to be, to focus on what your passion is. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I didn't, I actually had this limiting belief in my head is that I don't think I can do any more writing anymore. I, you know, I focus now on my business and I'm busy mm -hmm. traveling with it. I'm always at film festivals with my clients. We're strategizing. We use Excel every day. I'm not going to sit down and write. Yeah. People always write, you know, creatives around me always writing scripts. So that's never been appealed to me. But I thought, no, no, no. But then actually, when I began to write more during the pandemic, I think it happened because I kept watching lots of Sex and City. So lots of Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that style. That's um, but, I know. but then actually, when I sat down, I thought, OK, let me plan the book. And I actually yeah. began to enjoy it. And it was inside of me, this book that I got out there. And now it's helping people, um, you know, again, get up and, and not rely on another, someone else to tell them what they should be doing or rely mm. on a boring job for life. They've got to do it by themselves now. That's what the pandemic's taught us, that you can't write yeah. anybody but yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You talk a lot about someone's sole purpose and that's kind of the foundation of your book. Can you kind of walk yeah. us through that? How does someone find their sole purpose? So again, it's not the easiest thing to do mm -hmm. in the world, but the way to do it is to make, um, take a notebook and really think about what is it that you are drawn to? So what could you do forever and lose all sense of time in or a craft that you work on where when you step into it, you know, hours pass. And a way to do that is to start by, I always think, oh, the way I advise people to do it is to start by thinking about what are your hobbies? Because a hobby can yeah. become a job. Yeah. So a good example is a client of mine who was a first client and he told me that he hated his nine to five job. He hated on a Sunday night, the feeling of going in the office the next day. It was that bad. I've had that feeling before. Yeah you know exactly what it's like and he you know literally be he bored of the job and he couldn't wait till 5 p.m and it would be nothing inspiring he felt loss of life but what he did do he told me that he loved making candles and these were very nice candles i have one myself and it's proper aromatherapy the mm. essential oils it's, it's very unique candles they're not like you know from a recipe book whatever that you do they're made by his own like way of doing wow. it. he's a creative guy 
and the job he was doing was not creative. It was obviously an office job that was not particularly very inspiring, but this was obviously a bit very creative. So I thought, well, there is surely, you must realize there's a huge market for people that want to buy candles. There's spas, there's hairdressers, there's homes, there's hotels, you know, you've got a big market here. So he began to do this hobby uh, every weekend and made loads of candles to the point where he then did an Instagram page, Instagram shop, and now it's a full-time business. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Really well. And because he just didn't believe that he could actually do it full-time because he had to have that security blanket mm-hmm. of sure. the safe 9-5 job. He didn't need that anymore because yeah. his passion every day, he wakes up, can't wait to get the orders in, get it shipped out and give them like a lovely box with like, you know, love from and a heart you know show it's from the heart and from his soul and it's just great to see every day i look at it and oh my god i'm so proud of him but he had took the risk because he was worried about finances Mm -hmm. when you do it by yourself but then you don't need to worry about that because you've got savings and you've got the business up in the ground and and it Mm -hmm. makes a profit and I do think that's a good point, though, because sometimes people think, oh, if I'm going to go after do my passion, that I have to drop everything. And it can be a slow process. For some people, it's not. But for other people, if they want to continue their nine to five and do something on the side until it grows, that's also an option, too. It is. It is. I mean, I did the same thing. Like when I moved from Wales to London, London's like obviously the big city in the UK, capital city. That's where all the film industry is and where the people I needed to meet were. So that was a big risk because mum and dad were like, well, you've not got a full time job in London. I mean, London's so much more expensive than mm-hmm. Wales. Wales sure. is very cheap. So you have to think about that. So I did. And I had a temping job part time just to keep me going. But then that, that then got, I got rid of that when the business became full time and it was mm-hmm. earning more. And then, you know, you just have to keep putting the work in. You know, and you keep yeah. going guiding and do your spiritual techniques and then have your business structure, you'll be fine. It's just trusting it and trust, yes. trust and keep faith because you can't see it mapped out. But then when you trust and believe that you can do that, you're fine. And you also find many people are well-intentioned people, you know, like perhaps your parents, my parents as well, because I did the same thing. I, I transitioned from my full-time pri- private practice to, um, mm-hmm. to, to do this. And then now this is yep. my full-time job. But well-intentioned people, as much as they may love you, may talk you out of it because they want you to be comfortable. They want you to be safe because you've been successful in another, in another field or your, your previous industry. Oh, absolutely. Because um, I have a background as being a personal assistant. So I know that job inside out. Mm-hmm. You can't really go very far when you be a PA. You can't go too far up the channel because otherwise it's your boss. <laughs> so <laughs> So I knew those, that technique, I knew that job, but it wasn't my passion. But then mum and dad were like, well, just get a nine to five doing that because then the money will be fine and just stay in it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't want to devote nine to five to that because it's not what I want to do. And also I want to spend more time on the business. I do it part time and, you know, a weekend, but just enough to keep me, just get the balance right. That's all you need. Um, But they were, they were shocked. Like, you know, you you have to have security. I said, well, the Mm -hmm. business will give me security. I've got that as well. There's other options. You haven't got to be in an office nine to five to do what you want to do. You have to really trust your instinct on it because yeah. otherwise if you don't you, you you'll miss things certainly will tell me more about your spiritual principles so the book covers three spiritual principles that you that we show you how to integrate that into uh-huh. your business infrastructure which are feng shui in the form of energetic branding um cosmic ordering and uh, manifestation okay tell me more about the feng shui so the feng shui bit's the fun part because as, as you people, as I'm sure your listeners might know yourself, is that feng shui is well known um, for going into someone's house and changing the whole house or the office, which is important. Yeah. But actually feng shui is everywhere because it's based upon the principles of laws of attraction. And the woman who introduced me to the world of feng shui is one of my mentors. And she's in the book all the time. I mentioned the book quite a lot. Is Marie Diamond. So when I met Marie Diamond, I was, I thought the first year my business was running. 
Uh-huh. I showed her, showed her my business card and I was wearing this black dress and I think maybe a white necklace and I was very dark and she looked at my business card and she said, um, wow, there's something here that's, you're blocking clients coming towards you. Really? Said, How? And she said, okay, one thing is that the logo is all in black. There's no color. And also, most importantly, the woman in your logo, the logo has a picture of a woman on it. And she's turning her back to the logo, to where, where the uh, oh, writing is. Interesting. So it's almost like you're turning your back on your clients and people aren't going to engage with it because she's not facing that. the brand. Subconsciously, oh. yeah. So then she said, we need to change it. So we turned the woman around to face the words, the wording, and then we added on uh, red with the film festival part for red carpet and we added gold and it just brought the whole thing to life wow. and then when I put that up on my website and my socials everybody seemed to take more notice that I people could see me literally they could see huh. me and she said as well like with your clothing you need to really change uh, your clothing and access what she calls her quantum colors which um which she's not just invented but they were from years ago through all of attraction and feng shui that she put together to really bring out um, your your sole purpose, but also just generally to really connect with your clients. Because right now you're in the dark black and you've got like a white necklace on, but we can't see you still. So if you wear the colors like gold, which is abundant, you'll get more abundance. When you wear royal blue, that's powerful. Yellow is wisdom. You know, wear these kind of colors with clients, you'll find that things will change because your energy will change in your mind and your perception. That is fascinating. You know, I, I've obviously I've heard about feng shui, but I had no idea it was linked to the law of attraction, which I'm, I'm oh, so excited about that. I really am. I can't wait to read more about this. Oh, it's phenomenal. And I mean, she's, she um, works, for, me and Marie work together quite a lot as a mentor, but she does all the feng shui in my office and in my home because it does help your mindset and it changes things and uplifts things. The colors in my house, like my first, when I first moved to London, I was in a quite a dark house. It was like a, not a gray carpet, but you know, like a standard kind of mm-hmm. uh mink kind of carpet that I didn't mm-hmm. really like yeah. but then I had no choice over that because it was a rented apartment and then there was also like there was white and there was grey so it wasn't particularly the most colourful apartment and she walked in and went we need to change it and she put like we had pink in we had saffron yellow we had blue mm. we had violet and the whole place transformed and so did my business by the mindset changing yourself and the whole thing and then you just can see you can then the universe more but the whole thing is is like a whole new place by wow. changing things and adding color because color is huge um what she taught me about it yeah absolutely let's transition into the cosmic order yeah so cosmic ordering is something that i didn't know anything about until i um met um a coaching a coach uh, one of my coaches um uh, who is ellen watts and she written she's written a book called um, cosmic ordering made it easier and it talks about how to get more of what you want when you co-create the universe and she explains that basically what cosmic order is is like ask the universe literally for what you want it's like when you go into a restaurant you, you know i want to order pizza chips and lemonade then you arrives it's the same thing and the way she says to do it is she always taught me to say it and she talks about this in her book and her teaching is she say what i really want is a, a parking space upon my arrival to a uh, large village in, in los angeles and at the end you say for the good of all concerned so that way you don't, um, no one loses out in order for you to get Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'll start this then. And then lo and behold, you're driving around last month and then someone, uh, come, somebody's put out a parking space for you. So when you place the order, you then let it go and then you ask what you want and it comes in. So it's a really great technique and I use it every day for everything. For and what's, what, what's the last part of that sentence you say? For the, law, for the good of what? Um, for the good of all concerned. Okay. Makes sense. 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And the last yeah. one, we have a few more minutes. So the last one would be the manifestation. Yes. So I thought I used to manifest really well, but I didn't. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I had kind of very, not particularly very specific um, manifestations I was trying to put together when I first started to manifest and start to read books about what it was. So a friend of mine told me to speak with a wonderful um, consultant called Nand Hayani. And he told me that the reason why you're not getting any kind of specific and very general outcomes to what you want is because your manifestation is not specific. So he taught me like a new way to manifest. So I used to say to him, I believe in trust the universe. He would say, right, here's what we've got to say. So he'd say, it is, I'd say, it is my intent to have no fear and self-doubt within me, to completely trust the direction the universe is guiding me through for the sake of enchanting and growing my relationships, my business, and myself. And when I said that, I visualized it so much more easily. Mm. I managed to trust things more. And things came to fruition because I knew exactly what I wanted. I was co-creating. I could picture it in my head what I wanted to manifest than just saying, I am strong. I believe in the universe. Sure. I uh, I am a powerful woman. It wasn't particularly very helpful to get mm -hmm. what I wanted. It wasn't directive, yeah. But I really like that because it's almost like a mantra in some ways. And as we know, mantras really help a person become focused on what it is they want and brings it into clarity. And then I'm assuming yep. that's what helped, helped you manifest because you were able to focus on it that much. Absolutely, that's correctly what it did. I love this because not only do you help people well, let me back up. I know your book speaks to people who are just starting the entrepreneurial journey and other people who are already in the entrepreneurial aspect of it. So I love how you reach the whole spectrum of these types of individuals. But I do really like how you, you bring together the spiritual techniques as well, the feng shui, the cosmic ordering, and the manifestation, along with the business principles to help someone create a holistic or, or yeah, a holistic type of business. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes. And it's working really well, not just for my business, but other people that have used it. And the book's just like not re just recently come out and people are starting to think, ah, oh, cosmic ordering my business. Ooh, mm. feng shui. And yeah. oh, wow. Even basic um, business principles people didn't actually know about. So they read the book because um, it's a new thing for them when you're first starting yeah. out. So yeah, because I'd never read, I mean, like I said, I never knew that feng shui was part of, of um, the law of attraction. And so I, I'm blown away by this. I think that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And I can't wait to read your book as well. Oh, thank you very much. Well, Dr. Rebecca Smith, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and to purchase your book, Born to Do It, Becoming the Leader of a Business Niche Using Powerful Spiritual Techniques, where would they find this information online? So the best thing to do is to go to my website, which is RebeccaLouisaSmith.com. Perfect. And my listeners will also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will direct you to your website. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You've been brilliant. Thank you, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.